I am vengeance. I am the night. I am also a podcast. I am a podcast. 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 Oh! It's a show. It's a show. Audio only, though. What is it about? If you have time, I can tell you that it is a podcast about that many bad and uh, What did you want me to say in this part? It's a show! Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I am a podcast. Whoa! Hey! with friends and people. Hey guys, welcome to another Batman the Animated Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Michael, and you're listening to an audio variety show for your ears about the legendary 1990s cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. Today's sponsor, The Croc Rock. Sometimes all you need to kill a man is to throw a rock at him. But before we get to that coveted commercial break, which I'm sure is the number one reason you're listening to the show, let's set the scene for today's podcast. We are diving into Sideshow, a Killer Croc-centric episode that sees the big gray meanie tricking some kindly circus folk. Later on, you'll hear me sit down with actor, director, and the voice of Seal Boy himself, Whit Hertford. He'll say things like this. I mean, I love voiceover stuff, uh, and you'll you'll never hear anybody... I really... I don't think you ever hear anybody that's actually done it and not a complete dumbass that doesn't think that voiceover is kind of the the best of all the mediums <laughs> as far as film and television goes. But before that, I'm going to sit down with comedian, writer, and all-around great human being, Shelby Farrow. She'll say things like this. What the fuck? He really gets captured so quick. Like, I yeah. was like, is that all it took? One tall man to bring down Batman? So, why don't we just dive into the episode? I... Oh, what is that smell? <laughs> it smells like there's a stinky old egg in my closet, but that's impossible. There can't be. I don't eat eggs in my closet. <laughs> oh, yes, there is. Hey, who's giggling? Who do you stink? It's me, stinky old egg. <laughs> Where are you? Follow your nose, ding butt. Stinkier. Stinkier, eggier, stinkier. <gasps> you found me! Oh, gross. A talking old hard-boiled egg made a little bed in one of my socks. <laughs> That's right. And I plan on shacking up in this comfy little stick hole. Please don't call it that. Shut your stick hole, stick hole. You can't tell me what to do about home. This isn't your home. It's my closet. No way. I didn't run away from the circus just to get kicked out of my studio egg apartment. It's a sock, not an egg apartment. Yeah, right. I got this on eggs list. Tell that to my landlord. Sorry, Justin, I rented out your left striped sock to a talking egg. Oh, great. Now my shoe is a landlord. You know, sometimes I wish you guys would play by Toy Story rules. When I show up, you guys pretend you're dead and quiet and and dead. Uh, okay, whatever. Your rent's due on the first of the month, Justin. I don't pay you. You're my shoe. 
Uh, okay, where were we? Talking egg, you you ran away from the circus? Oh, you bet. I was in a freak show. People used to come see me, an umbrella with a tan and a raw chicken thigh and a wig. We were the top sellers. Who's paying to see that? Nobody did. Everybody hated us. That's why I'm poor and live in a sock. Well, why'd you run away? Nobody liked my stand-up comedy routine. Wait, you did stand-up at a freak show? Exactly. Want to hear a joke? No. Too late. Guess where I'm going on vacation? Where? Amsterdam, because I want to smoke weed. That wasn't a joke. Yes, it was. Want to hear my favorite thing that Stan Lee says? Not at all. Excelsior! <laughs> These are just egg puns, not stand-up. Am I standing up with a microphone right now? I am, so we stand up. Who's my favorite Ghostbuster? Aegon. Glad you asked. Aegon. All right, that's enough. I heard one more. Who's my favorite Halloween lady with big, prominent boobies? Who? Eggvira, mistress of the yolk. What's the opposite of a pleasant feeling? Aggravation. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you are aggravating and aggravating me right now. I got to get on with the episode. Egg right. Did you just replace yeah with egg? Egg. Okay, I'm going to deal with you later. Eggs to la vista, buddy. That's from the Egginator featuring Eggie Furlong, directed by James Cameron Egg. Okay, enough of that. Let's get back to business. Let's finally get into... Today's episode. Sideshow. En route to an upstate prison, Killer Croc escapes and leads Batman on a dangerous chase through the wilderness. After throwing Batman temporarily off his trail... The reptile man takes refuge with a group of retired circus freaks and convinces them to help him. When Batman arrives, Croc and the freaks band together to capture him. Original air date was May 3rd, 1994. Story by Michael Reeves. Teleplay by Michael Reeves and Bryn Stevens. Directed by Boyd Kirkland. Music composed by Michael McCuschen. Animation by Dong Yang. Featuring Aaron Kincaid as Killer Croc, Brad Garrett as Goliath, and Whit Hertford as Billy the Seal Boy. Now, I never liked this episode too much as a kid, but the older I get, the more I'm into it. I mean, it's always strange to see Batman outside of Gotham, and this is one of the few episodes that takes place entirely outside of the city. The first half is fairly light on dialogue, favoring a chase in the woods as Batman tracks an escaped and very tranquilized Killer Croc. You want a piece of me? Think you can take the champ? You're pumped full of sedative, Croc. You won't get far farther than you. Now, because it's less talky, the sound design really gets a chance to shine, and that means we get to hear like 900 variations on Batman's cape with birds chirping in the background. For me, Aaron Kincaid's Croc will always be the preference when it comes to the two voice actors who portrayed the character. Uh, There's a gravelly intelligence to his animalistic menace. This is an outcast who learned to fend for himself the hard way, and he's nothing short of evil and manipulative in Sideshow. No, I don't mind sleeping out on the straw. Go ahead and take my bedroom. And don't put yourself out for me. Uh, The cut's too small anyway. And tomorrow we'll go swimming, right Croc? Oh, there's the coolest grottos along the river. It's like another world. Yeah, sure, kid. Uh, Too bad I forgot my bathing suit. Honestly, it's genuinely hard to watch him take advantage of the kindly old circus freaks that he comes across peacefully living their life in the middle of the woods with their water wheel and their organ and their freak show posters that they still have up even though they ran away from the circus. Okay, what's a horrible old memory if not something to decorate your new house with? 
I love our introduction to these guys as Croc blinks awake, spotting the beautiful broadside circus posters on the wall before we actually meet the people themselves. Later, when Croc sneaks into the barn to steal their 50 grand, we get a nice callback to those broadsides. It's a silent moment, and this time, it's after dark, and the posters are a grim reminder that Croc is robbing actual human beings, which is why it's so sad. In the end, 29-year-old me disagrees with 8-year-old me. I really like this episode now. It's got drama, a train top fight, circus freaks, Batman fighting a strongman voiced by Brad Garrett, and Killer Croc being helicoptered away on a maximum security gurney. So, now that you've been preambled, let's talk to... Today's fan. Shelby Farrow. Shelby is a comedian and friend and writer for shows like Midnight, Other Space, and FX's Chosen. She's also appeared on Key and Peele and Girl Code, and she's just a funny human and a big old Batman fan. So, let's go talk to her now. keep playing with the killer croc action figure. I love this. It looks like he's cheering. (laughs) Oh, right, because his action feature is that he has his fist like like, spring-loaded. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be like a half an hour of you just miming killer croc stuff off microphone. And he's so happy about everything. He doesn't have pupils. Great! Does he not have pupils in the show either? He does have pupils in the show, but for some reason the action figure... Well, but that would be so weird. If he just had two black dots, you'd be so uncomfortable. I don't want pupils on my villains. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Batman the Animated Podcast. Shelby's already done. (laughs) I left. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you about Batman. Really? Yes. (laughs) I feel like, well, because I feel like you're one of the few people I know who, like, is truly nerdy about this stuff. Yeah, but I also, I also feel bad because, like, I don't read comic books. I don't read comic books either. Okay, good. This is my version of Batman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Like, I watch the cartoons. Wikipedia. Exactly. Yeah, okay, good. And I I read some comics when I was a kid because I was like, like oh, they were like, yeah, exactly. The big ones. And, like, 10 for 99 cents, and I just got a smattering of bullshit. But they're too thin. Oh, you mean the pages are too thin. Yeah. I don't like comics. <laughs> because <laughs> the, it's the pages. It has like nothing comics. to do with the, the content. No, the content's fine, but like trying to read a comic book is so fucking annoying. Well, I tried to turn a done. page and I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, I tear it right out. <laughs> yeah, I rip it in half instead have, of reading it. I have sandpaper fingers. Well, that's, that might be your problem. Well. <laughs> You're a mutant, just like Killer Croc. Oh, full circle. Yeah. <laughs> that circle started only two minutes ago, and that's like a wrap-up <laughs> podcast thing. When did you first watch Batman the Animated Series? Because this was on after... It wasn't on when you were growing up, was it? No, it must have been... Because it was, what, 94 or something like that? 92. 92, yeah. I think it wrapped in 98. Okay. In that case, I must have... I must have watched it as like a three or four year old then. I mean, it was everywhere. 96, 97. What was your... You were more of like a Batman Beyond person? Yes, absolutely. But also, they would replay all the Batman Animated Series. Sure. They had like a cartoon block... I think. Oh yeah, they have, have 108 to, like, episodes assume. or something. They're gonna get gonna them out there. Play them, but like Justice League, Batman Beyond, and then this on reruns. So did you backtrack and watch this after those other ones? Ooh, you mean this Killer Croc one just now? Or I just mean in, in general. general? Oh yeah, I mean it's one of those things where it's like, well, I didn't watch Friends during its original run, but it's on TBS all the time, yep. so I must have seen all of them by now. So let me ask you this: When was the last time you watched Sideshow? 
Oh, this episode? Yeah. Like literally 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before that. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like probably six or seven. Right? But I remember it because I remember thinking, "Eh, that episode was a bust. (laughs) Like a little bit. I mean, I feel it's such a... I I didn't like this episode when I was a kid. Okay. I really... I was just... I I was bored that Batman was in the woods. Really? That was the sticking point? That was it. I think I was like, what is he doing there? Now, I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's it, so full of drama. It's and so intrigue sad. Killer <laughs> Croc is an asshole. <laughs> well, this episode, yeah. Well, my and I'm such a dick. I only like animated episodes when they move the overarching plot along. You want more of like a series narrative? Yeah, kind of like oh, him and Catwoman. Like no, Poison Ivy. What's going on? Um, but this episode is a bummer to rewatch as like an adult. Yeah, it's just sad. Yeah. I mean, well, let's go through it. So it starts out, it's Killer like morality Croc. play. Like, it's yeah. Such a it's just an evil man using a bunch of good natured people, and at the end, you kind of just realize that there are shitheads out there. Yeah, Andy, but that's not even the whole point. The whole point is that he's like kind of okay when Batman's not around. Like, before Batman shows up to bust him, he's like helping out on the farm. Yeah. And like hanging out, and he kind of likes the weird flipper kid. Oh, so you're <laughs> on the Killer Croc side of things? No, because you don't know. Because he starts, because he's like fine for a while. He's like is leaning into the whole farm thing. You don't know if maybe he would have gone along with it or if he would have ended oh, up. Oh, he's taking that money them. and running. Do you think? Yeah, I think but so. But what money? The fifty grand they have in an organ. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In my he, head, I was just like, no, nah, maybe he'll stay and like live on the farm. And oh, these weirdos are cool. Yeah. I give up. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Isn't that the hope? Isn't that what you're hoping for? I think when that's he what we're hoping for, for sure. Uh, but yeah. then he very, very clearly telegraphs, like, so you got money. I know. That's interesting. And then, oh, let's kill this Batman guy. And then he just turns into a dick. Oh. Like, <laughs> so quickly. Well, it starts out with him in a train. Uh, I think this is one of the only episodes well, where like, it's every, not in everyone Gotham. Everyone knows it clearly, don't they? Yeah. Everyone, everybody's seen <laughs> Sideshow 108, uh, 108 times. 108 Double zero, 66. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's caught. He's caught. And they're like, Killer Croc declared sane and guilty of crimes. Like, yeah. he does it on purpose. Uh, I think we have a cool, like, Batman moment, like a Batman Superman moment, like, where he, like, is yeah. a reporter that he, he pulls open. Which was bizarre. And also, why were there so many civilians on this army train? Is that a thing? No, I don't know why. I don't think he was even a reporter. I think it was just like the dining car or like the men car. <laughs> we have the fancy man car and then we have the incarcerated mutant Croc criminal car. car. And then they go, whoa, what was that? And then Batman just like takes off the other way. And yeah, he's wearing his bat suit. And he starts crazy. undressing before he's out of the car entirely. No, it was so, that was the most like, oh, is that how he's always been getting dressed? That doesn't feel right. It's underneath everything. He's sweating a ton. Right. He's just slick. Ugh, no one likes Bruce. No one likes him. No, yeah, well, he stinks. He's disgusting. <laughs> He's disgusting. And he moves weirdly. There's a big hump in his back. The cape. What the is cape that? Is yeah, why is that? Yeah. Uh, well, what's that, that kind of squishy <laughs> fabric-like material that's uh, underneath your shirt? Oh, this skin. Okay, well, just... that's even grosser. <laughs> Grosser than the truth, Bruce, because we all know that it's not your skin. And also, I don't know if he took the idea from Superman or if Superman bit it off him. <laughs> Superman's just always watching. He's like, hey, that Bruce guy has it. He's got it right. And where has Superman been keeping his cape? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of logic questions for a cartoon aimed at six to eight-year-olds. But yeah, so Batman is just there. 
Right, when, he's there. Well, he's keeping tabs on yes, Croc. Yes, quickly in my head, I was like, what, Batman? Then I was like, oh, of course Batman's there. The criminal's getting moved. He wants to be around. He has no social life. This is no, what he loves what he to does. do. Yeah, exactly. We love comedy the way Batman loves keeping tabs on, on Killer Croc, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was there. But, well, and and the weirdest thing is, like, yeah, there's a car full of people just there to cover the story or dine. Sure. Uh, they have a cool fight on a train. Top a train. Yes. They're battling each other. And then they jump off. And also, no one, he, Killer Croc gets hit with some dart. Yeah, some he's dart. tranked. Just some a dart. Little. And then Batman also just sort of goes, you're full of tranquilizer. Stop. Like, <laughs> just please, just stop. Well, he always has to plead his case. That's the humanity of Batman. I wondered if it was like for kids, if kids were going to be like, just a dart? What was that? Right, about? they have to telegraph it like. Everything. The <laughs> network was like, say that it's uh, say that it's full of tranquilizer. Stupid kid. Oh, and they called something weird. He calls it like sediment. Sedative. Sed, oh. You're full of sedative, oh, Croc. <laughs> You're full of sediment. I pumped you full of dust. <laughs> I literally watched the episode 20 minutes ago, and when I heard that line, I was like, what does that mean? Was that like a term back then? I'm yeah, just gonna back in the 90s, sediment was uh, <laughs> a way of taking people down. Well, I thought maybe it was like a comic book thing. I was like, oh, is it like a croc thing? Right, every Killer um, Croc episode, the only thing to take him down, sediment <laughs> for croc and venom for Bane. We all know this. Um, oh, but then Batman almost dies in a thing that feels very breezed past. It's very brutal, too. It's like yeah. he's about to he's about to throw a rock at him. Which is like the jokey killer croc way of killing people. And it comes so close to killing I him. I threw a rock at him. And yeah. it's like, he fucking did. <laughs> he could have killed him. It stops like literally an inch away. And I was like, oh, Batman, you lucked out. Yeah. Batman could have died in that episode. That would have been it. And his head would have been just crushed. Just crushed on TV. Oh, when they discovered that bat body, if he was dead, it would be the most disgusting. Would they be able to ID him? Oh. Maybe no, that'd, be, that'd be good for him. No dental records? Yeah. DNA, arguably. Yeah. I mean, like years down the line, they'd finally figure out Bruce Wayne was Batman. But yeah. for a while, there'd be like a headless Batman myth. Like a Black Dahlia thing. <laughs> Who is it? The Bat Dahlia <laughs> That's your black dog. Who is it? <laughs> no one knows. She's beautiful, though. Um, yeah, I think one of the weirdest but coolest things about this episode is the first half just takes place almost in silence. Once they yeah. get in the woods, just it's fighting. just great sound design. Yeah, Look, I'm nerding out me. about sound design. <laughs> I'm putting two peace signs in the air or Nixon fingers, whatever what? you want to call them. What website did you send me? Because there was also like a little trivia thing that was like, oh, and also the cape animation is great when Bat moves quickly. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're right. I feel I like any notice. fan site. Uh, probably World's Finest. Yeah. That's the site that I used to go to when I was in middle school. I hung out on those message boards. You could look them up. You could look up you like did not, conversations. You did not play sports. Oh no! <laughs> you are just. I confidently it over did and over not again. play sports. I looked up what action figures were coming out. My passwords were based on Batman the animated series action no! figures. <laughs> based on the action figures, the what does action that mean? Figures. It means that like whatever was coming out, I would change my password to that character. That's a great system. I guess. But they were also normal words. Wow, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. You're learning a lot about Ooh. me. <laughs> what, you mean when you stepped into my room and you saw like a Two-Face poster, a Batman cell, like there's so much nerdy shit But, but you're in like, well, yeah, but this is also the neighborhood for that. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Is that a Joker fish? Uh-huh, that it's a, a laughing fish. My friend Good. Harry made that for me. Really? 
Yeah. And you got the bang gun. Yeah, you're actually, you really are geared towards one thing. Right. The fact that I'm in a relationship is the greatest surprise of all. You could get some different shows around. I really could. But no, you don't. You have a picture of a tiger. You're fine. Oh, good. There we go. Animals. You, you got all your bases covered. <laughs> Epcot Center, Batman, and, and a some tiger. tigers. Great. Jesus. Epcot Center. <laughs> no, but this episode is great. I yeah, I mean what I so first half cool. We're in the woods. Yes. It's just weirdly beautiful quote unquote for cheap animation. Yeah. Well, what I did like, I mean, the way it was boarded was really cool. I I like the way that uh, you know, we have that puddle splash. Then they splash the puddle again. There are little world's details. World's finest mentioned the puddle also. Oh god. Brought it to my attention. I'm it's nothing good. but a world's it finest nice. robot. <laughs> <laughs> also the name of the prison in that newspaper, Levitt's Prison. A little writer joke. John Lovitz. I think it was a Paul Levitt. Oh. Oh, John Lo- <laughs> Lovitz prison. This prison stinks. All the cages are very small. <laughs> they were really. They were a huge fan of like eighties SNL. <laughs> yeah, they loved it. Um, Throw yeah. them a bone. Church Lady Asylum. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll punch that up we'll later. We'll punch that up in post. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, what else? Oh, we had a train they, fight. I threw a rock at him. I'm just following my notes here. They do just keep falling though. Like it was a whole lot of. They fell off the train, and then Croc falls off a cliff, and then he falls off a slightly smaller cliff. He into has the that water. moment where, like, he's like, "I'm clear," and then he looks up, and Batman's there. He's like, "Oh no!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, of course. What did you fucking expect? I also they kept doing the thing where he would like look up, his vision would blur, and you go, "Oh, he's gonna pass out," and then yeah. he would just like confidently get up and walk away. And I was like, "Well, this is not." They did not shoot him with anything good. Well, he's a <laughs> wrestler with horrible skin. <laughs> what oh, do you expect? Is that his whole thing? I think his backstory in this is that he's just like... Gross? Gross. He's gross and like happens to have some attributes of a crocodile, but I don't really know why. Really? There's no... Because then they push no him even further. Anything. I think like in comics or like those Arkham games now, he's like a full on like, yeah. Wow, what a bummer. Yeah, he's he just... Does, he does have that great quip on the train where he... They go, like, you'll never break out. And he's like, you forgot Croc's strongest attribute, his jaws. And I was like, well. That's a fun little, that's a fun little nature tidbit. Yeah, I was like, also it doesn't really, it's more the way they're shaped and the vector of the closing. Yeah, and also you have you have seen have his mouth. teeth? Why didn't you cover them up in the first place? <laughs> yeah, they they're have, the most terrifying they, thing about they it. They usually do, I feel. Doesn't Killer Croc have that thing where he puts it in his mouth and yeah. he has, like, the sharp teeth? Yeah. Well, at the uh, end of the episode, they finally, they get that little... The full helmet. <laughs> the full helmet on him. God. Carry him off within a helicopter, in, dangling him. In a him. giant glass thing. Like, they're finally like, oh, he's dangerous. Let's yeah. not put him on the train with paper handcuffs. We got to lecture him big time. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, but yeah, so they fight. Yeah, Batman's a tracker on this. I think it's kind of fun to see him as a detective in the woods. He kind of He's not great. No, he's not. Which is fun, because he's too good everywhere else. Well, oh, yeah, there's one of the great... He tries to grab a rock, and it, like, falls a little bit. And he's like, huh. And they say the city's dangerous. I was like, What Batman, was up with that? No one has ever said that the mountains are not dangerous. And not also, who are you person. talking to? Batman doesn't quip to himself. <laughs> and he's so serious the rest of the, the episode through most of the series, but he just has a little, like... I think because usually he has, like, Albert. Albert? Albert? I was going to say Oracle, and then I wanted to switch to Alfred. I thought you were going to say Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> There's Alberto. It's the two of them in my own head. Um, I feel like he usually has someone on the other end who he's like weirdly quipping to sort of dryly. Right? They say that, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, in the comics. And this time no one's Oracle. there. 
This time, no, he's just talking to himself. It was just an yeah. excuse. Like the writer was like, "I got a joke." <laughs> it's not even a very good one, and it's not a show that needed a joke. No, it really didn't. Uh, this, I mean, this is like a poignant episode. So he shows up in the middle of the woods. Is it poignant? Yeah. So Croc gets fished out of the water. So is he gonna die underwater? Is that the? I thought? think so. He's finally gonna die. He's passing out, and then he's underwater. Seal Boy shows up. Can we talk about Seal Boy? We can. That's crazy. <laughs> They have a strong man, like a two-headed woman, which is possible. Uh-huh. A very, I guess, a short ringleader. Uh-huh. Yeah. I a, mean, he's like kind of, I guess he has a hunchback. Yeah. And then a boy who's part seal. Boy who's <laughs> part seal. I mean, we got Killer Croc. We got to have seal boy. Whose limbs are of a seal. He is <laughs> almost, crazy. he's drawn like he's from half of a Disney movie. Yeah. He's not just quite the there. From. Yeah. He's the cutest. The way he has the, those big cute eyes. You know instantly that he's going to break your heart. No, he's so uncomfortable to me. Do you remember those old toys where they like were shaped like little people, but they were just big pellets sort of? They oh, were yeah. kind of like Legos, I think little quite. people, right? Oh, that Fisher Price little people. Oh, they don't have arms or anything. Yeah, they're just like, they, they have holes on the bottom and you just stick them on yes, things. Yes, and like water. Yep. That's a horrible name for yep. a line of toys. Little people. Little people. They were originally called midgets. <laughs> Fisher Price midgets. Fisher Price hard M. Hard M. And they were like, oh, we got to change this. Fisher Price little people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like if you took that and then just stuck seal fins on bottom. Oh, what yeah. what he looked like to me. He's he, he, he definitely is a cute freak. Yeah, but if that baby came out of you, you'd be so confused. Ooh, if that baby came out of you, you're done. He's, yeah, you'd be Your vagina's right ruined open. for life. <laughs> you just got John Carpenter's The Thing. You got corkscrewed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. His well, that's life. why he has so much guilt. That's why he lives in a freak show, because he killed his mom on the way out. I know, I'm being horrible. The whole episode was about how freaks are people, too. But yes. that kid was... That would just seemed impossible, impossible for the human body to shape. Oh. Was my problem with it. Yeah, so you were off board at that point. Yeah, I was just like, this just feels. It feels like they just did that so he could fish him out of the water, but he of doesn't course. have the properties of a seal. He's just a human with fucked up feet. Like, yeah, he's like a, a bit of a penguiny kind of guy. I guess. Uh, well, or it looked anyways. like somebody steamrolled his hands in cartoon style. Yeah, and I feel like at first he just had weird hands, and then as the show went, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I just started paying attention, but as the show went on, he got more and more seal-like, or they finally showed him in full Did he? I don't remember. I mean, he looked, he was pretty seal-like. <laughs> he was pretty seal-like from the get-go. <laughs> I may have just been ignoring it in my own brain. Like if I think that it's not what he looks like, then maybe <laughs> he'll change. As I think for everything in life. So a cute little, God, I'm a cute little seal boy saves a, a horrible human. A cute little human. monster freak. <laughs> Rescues him and then we get to, like, he wakes up. I do like the way he wakes up in that freak show uh, barn. Just looking around Just at looking all at all those posters. Like, it was a nice way of setting oh. everybody up. Yeah. What I keep trying to think. He loves the seal boy, I think. He loves the seal boy. I mean, it definitely, he endeared himself. He does not care for the strong man. No, he doesn't. Well, he's like, this guy's a threat. I think oh, when... Oh, that, that's a great killer croc. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm 20 that's years fantastic. too late. <laughs> and they already cast him know. 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, well, because everybody's nice. Like, the twins, like, I think May and June. Yeah, and they do the sort of, like, she's the nice one. She's the right. bitch. And we're like barely going to develop them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're like, hi, like, welcome. <laughs> and then the ringleader, again, is just just short. Well, he did, he part. Richard the Thirds it, right? He's like, he's like, like Richard the Third, I too have a Except horrible he also, hump. like, talks in Shakespeare. Yes. I was like, all right, fun. This is, yeah, everybody <laughs> got their own little thing. Do. Well, yeah, what other cartoon at that time was going <clears> to <throat> just have five side characters that we never see again? Who are just, like, 
who could who could be villains in the show, which mayhaps of... was the point. Mm. Even. <laughs> well, yeah, we had Goliath, who I thought only could be voiced by Dan Lippert now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's great. I want all I wanted when I see, and it was Brad Garrett. Who's that? He was. Uh, he's. Uh, you know, everybody loves Raymond. Brad Garrett. Is that really him? Yeah, the brother. Oh, fantastic. He's got great, such a great, specific great voice. I think he came back in Superman and Justice League. <gasps> really? Yeah, he's Bibbo, that like Popeye pirate that's friends with Superman. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He's just like a big slobby pirate. Uh, not pirate. He's, he's like, like a, a slobby like Popeye? Yeah. You, well, he has like that weird like side eye, like that winky eye. The like cocked eye thing. Yeah, and he's got a little pipe and he's, he's just like, a, Superman. He's like Captain Haddock. Who's Captain Haddock? Tintin. Tintin's <gasps> yes. weird, weird older <laughs> drunken sailor friend. Every every hero has a drunken sailor friend. <laughs> Who's voiced by Raymond's brother. Uh, yeah, so Brad Garrett is... Dan's very tall. Uh, Dan is very tall. Everybody on this podcast knows who Dan Lippert is. <laughs> yeah, he's a very tall man who crops himself out of photos. I think so far all we've height. said is that on the podcast he got a bowl cut from Seth Green... Did he really? Oh yeah, well, it was general. like for our show Friendship All Stars as oh. a promotion. Dan was like, "What if we? What if Seth gives me a bowl cut?" We're talking a lot about his bowl cut, <laughs> yeah. but basically, he should have played Goliath. Who? Yeah, Croc. When he meets yeah. Goliath, he was just like, I think he says something quippy no, to him. No, because the kid, he's like, "Eh, you're the one who fished me out, right?" Like, thanks. He says something cute, so like, "I'll buy you so a much. medal or something." No, no. To the kid, he's oh. like. So we'll do something together, nice. Yes. And then Goliath goes, well, and I also pulled you in. Like, he also wants to, like, get yeah. this for some reason. All right, you seven-foot guy. Why do you need to get in on this little boy's triumph? Let him have it. He just, like, wants to be friends. Yeah, it was so weird. And then Croc's like, eh, what do you want? Yeah, like, a medal? And I was like, all right, Croc, like, be chill. We're He's both just- fighting for this little boy's affection. Yeah. <laughs> we can't both be father figures to him. Okay, you take him. <laughs> like, yeah. I literally have no stake in this. I'm a convicted criminal. I mean, what? Money? Oh, yeah. So, apparently this was, and I, I don't know this because we both aren't big comic readers. It was based no. on a comic story. A comic story is what they call them. Oh, really? Uh, a View from the Grave by Denny O'Neill. Huh. And I guess in the, the comics version of it, it... Where could a view from the grave be? Do people think Croc's dead and he lives well, on the farm Well, it wasn't Croc. I guess it was a death row inmate escaped. And it was just a, a regular criminal who tricks a bunch of oh, circus people. Oh, and then does he just like live with them? I don't know. Forever? I never read it. Because I truly think this is like an old timey. Is this like some Shakespeare story? Was that like a thing? I feel like this is a very old trope of somebody with a shitty past getting out and then having to make the choice of whether they're going to like clean up now that they've escaped their life yeah. or or go back and turn themselves in. It was the, it's that movie that just came out with a, what's her name? The oh, Titanic that one. Lady. <laughs> Titanic Lady. Oh, uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, and like it's like I've a, never seen a movie ma- in my life. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I think it's called like Memorial Day Weekend. Okay, or cool. We're really teasing it out. <laughs> no, I'm, it has Josh Brolin in it. I think. Tweet at the show if you know what this movie is that Shelby's talking about. <laughs> it um, wasn't even a good movie. It's not even the original trope of the story. But that is a common. It's thing, basically right? that. Like somebody. Oh yeah, a like a redemption story. Can, yeah, can is trying to ignore all of it. But can you really ignore all of it? Can you ever escape who you are as a person? Well, he certainly did. Well, th- there's that moment he, where it's like Croc cannot. <laughs> well, you could be yourself, and like you know, at the mo- at the end, he's like, "Well, I guess that's like I showed who I am. This is the real me." Which, like this, 
like this episode of the cartoon could have been a 90 minute movie. <laughs> like, it was. That's a big, big thing to put into 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. And then, so I feel like they had to just be like, nope, he's just shitty. Yeah, I mean, I think he was like, objectively shitty because otherwise we ca- we couldn't get everything in there. No, yeah, because like I said, there really is like that one moment where he's just sort of like chilling and he's like, yeah, yeah, I was a freak also. Them hanging out, having like, their dinner. Yeah, like you guys seem cool. Let's move that tractor. Yeah, we Whatever. do have those moments where like he's helping out on the farm. Yeah, and then Batman shows up and he's like, let's kill Batman. <laughs> I kind of would love to watch a version of that. Like if he just stayed there, I'd watch that show. Oh, absolutely. You know, like Freak Farm, done, sell it. If Ryan Murphy made it. Like <laughs> it's very, very entertaining. Then he, he tricks them into thinking Batman is the bad guy. Which, again, if they were so on board with someone who looked weird killer croc who said they were a freak yeah like they loved him and then a guy dressed as a bat shows up and they're immediately like oh what a normal guy here to ruin the fun i was like well "Ah, he does show up and he's just like he's a convicted criminal or you know yeah but i'm like this guy looks like he'd be like just one of one of y'all he's like an acrobat who dresses like a bat i mean they figure it out they figure it out yeah, I guess so. They're defending their their guy. Croc's got chains on him. I know. It really turns quickly from like, yeah, he is the bad guy. They fight with him, get him in a cage. We do have that fun Batman versus Goliath. Goliath. Yeah, And also Batman gets totally taken down. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's all it took? Look, and I thought the city was dangerous. <laughs> he says it again. <laughs> he just says it every like, single what? time. <laughs> Albert, I have something <laughs> to tell you. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Um, well, I just like that you were thinking of Oracle, somehow went to Alfred, and then ended up with Albert as the amalgamation. Well, because I was going to say Oracle, but I was like, oh, fuck me. I don't know Batman enough to say Oracle. Like, screw that. Who you do I think I am? You legitimately do, though. The fact that you thought about it means you definitely know enough about Batman. But I'm like, no, no, I'm not nerdy enough. So I try to go with Alfred, and I just fuck the whole thing up. I'm having a breakdown on this podcast. Oh, it's okay. Well, we'll spend the second half figuring out your life. Good. Thank God. But, uh, but yeah, and then Killer Croc wants to kill Batman. Batman's thrown in that circus cage. Yeah, and again, what the fuck? He really gets captured so quick. Like, I was like, is that all it took? One tall man to bring down Batman? Well, he's a giant. He's an Andre the Giant-sized giant. So is Bane. (laughs) Yeah, that's That's, true. Oh, yeah, and I guess, yeah, okay. Yeah, but he couldn't just, like, cut a cord and spill out Bane's super juice. That's true. call it super juice, not venom. I like that. I don't know. I mean, I wrote the writers. You're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. You know, I'm a little wild. <laughs> We're recording this on a Friday, and I'm a little wild. Uh, look, it's already 1 p.m. <laughs> Hello. We can't wake up early. What? What was I going to say? Well, yeah, what were you going to say? We were talking about them getting imprisoned. It had a reason. Oh, I wonder, did he throw the match? Because he can't hurt this guy. He's not even a felon. Oh, you think he did it? I, I don't think he threw the match. I think he just... Well, I think it was a little bit like Batman was holding back at first. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. So, but I think he just got surprised. He really surprised just got captured. Too. Okay. Because, you know, you have you have two bad guys and they're like, they're fighting for something truthful and valiant. Really? I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go along. Uh, yeah, okay. That, as, a good, as a good fan will. Um, so, yeah, he gets super captured. And then again, Croc just immediately goes to... Yeah, let's fucking kill this guy. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't want to kill people. <laughs> Although it was great because Batman says something like, he's a convicted felon. And they're like, no, you can't lie to us. Like, we won't believe you. And then when Grog says, like, we have to kill him. And they go, well, he's still human. And he goes, what would you know about being human? 
And they so quickly, I think she goes, oh, crock. And they just immediately turned back on him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, That's the line you crossed. You know, we were kind of entertaining the idea of killing somebody, but you calling us less than human. Yeah. You being mean is the thing we don't like. We don't do that here. What a horrific way to kill somebody, too. In a circus cage, drowned. Yeah. He was just going to push him off a cliff. And how? What what an image. (laughs) The the circus freaks putting the human in the freak cage. (laughs) But again, he's dressed like a giant bat. (laughs) He's been a fucking weirdo this whole time. Which I feel like does not come up enough. That he's a weirdo? Yeah. The Joker is the only one who's ever like, you're dressed like a goddamn bat. You're just like me. (laughs) Yeah, you're a fucking freak. At least I look like a man. (laughs) What's your deal, dude? (laughs) That you're a pussy and you can't be in dark caves? Like, what are we doing here? The the Joker (laughs) called me a pussy. (laughs) Master Wayne. Fuck Uh, up. We had a cool, we have a cool fight on a water wheel. That's, Mm -hmm. that's fun. Yeah. Did they build that farm or did they buy it? I don't know. Yeah, did that exist in the woods already? I feel like they probably built it together. In my brain, that's what happened. They built a whole farm and water wheel and everything. Yeah, you know, they worked well together. How long were they going to live there? I think forever. I think that was their sanctuary, right? Well, freaks like us. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, but also nature's cool. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I do like how they just got to stay. Like, I assume that after all said and done, they just went back to the farm like, well, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Happens once a week. <laughs> once a week, some guy, some... Tramples some... through our woods. We think he's one of us. He's not. It's chased in by another guy, and we get tricked. Every week. We yeah. gotta have a roommate's meeting about this. <laughs> we gotta stop getting tricked. There's one guy, and the penguin's just in back in a big hat. Like, <laughs> I don't think we need a roommate's meeting. <laughs> oh, okay. Very cool, Umbrella Man. Yeah. Yes. So, the money. <laughs> oh, of course. It's in the organ. <laughs> Why do they keep it in the organ? I guess that's a circus thing. They're hiding it, you know, and it's a fun way for them to find it, do the little knock and the knock and hollow. <laughs> and I like that they had that visual callback, like he kind of has to look at all their posters and we have like the music cue for each one of them. Yeah, I maintain maybe he would have stayed. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have taken the money. Maybe he would have taken the money to go buy them horses and a cow. He's going to buy horses and a cow. To the farm. Yeah. And then he'll be like, look, I should have consulted you, but I knew a guy in a deal and I just wanted to do something good for the farm. You really think he was going to go buy horses and a cow? (laughs) And I hope so. Oh, he was going to buy croc drugs for sure. Oh, does croc do drugs? I don't know. Probably. Not in this show, but like. Yeah, (laughs) that's why. Ah. That is such a bummer of a backstory. He's just a wrestler who looks bad. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I'm sure he has some sort of like X-Men-y, like slightly mutant-y. I wonder if he just like grew up in the water. Because <laughs> his skin's a little He was raised modeled. in a bathtub. Yeah, something creepy like that. No, no, no. Mother's going to keep you in the tub <laughs> for the night. Like clean. Be clean. Please, mommy. <laughs> mommy, I want to leave the tub. <laughs> I want to leave the tub, mommy. I want to see the sun. Yeah. Oh. I don't want to see. I don't think anybody wants to sleep with Killer Croc. Although, later in the series, there's a scene where, like, he is entertaining a bunch of women. It's like him and Baby Doll team up. Oh, because he's, I mean, because he's cool. He's a cool dude. Right. Yeah, but, like. He's just a, he's just a strong guy. Look at him. No, he looks horrible. Look, if looks you touched horrific. him, you're going to cut yourself. Just on his skin? Just on his skin. He's scaly. He's, got, he's scaly. I do wonder, though, if it's, like, dolphin skin. Have you ever touched a dolphin? I mean, once. 
Well, you I know, a swim with the dolphin sort of thing. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's very soft. Oh. It's like velour that comes off. Cool. So killer dolphin. <laughs> That's what I'd like. Killer dolphin. <laughs> You just did a seal thing. <laughs> Is that not how dolphins do? <laughs> I guess they do. Guess they, they when they like touch. jump up in a show, they're like. Yeah, they can't actually hit. They help us. That's what they're we trying to do. Please here. let us out. Sea World is evil. Oh, they're clapping for us. Oh. They're clapping for all the money we're paying. No, they're screaming. They're screaming. <laughs> oh man, what a bummer. Yeah, I mean, this episode is such a bummer. They. Uh... <sighs> yeah, it sucks. And that little kid's total belief in the goodness of humanity is shattered yeah well what happens the moment after batman leaves and the cops leave are they like well time to pack things up nothing nothing matters anymore yeah exactly or like that kid just becomes a horrible awful villain that feels like the only way that can go that croc was basically like oh you guys want to be your true selves i'm a shitty fucking person and there was no glimmer of like but he handed the kid a thing or like he saved the kid's life so the kid can like hold on to something he it just was lost up, faith like, in humanity. Mm-hmm. And his face is so sad. It's so sad. And Batman doesn't even do anything. Batman doesn't, like, give him a batarang. Yeah, there's not, like, a, like, you know, okay. a hand on the shoulder sort of thing. No, there's nothing. They're- not allowed to touch kids. <laughs> Legally obligate. You know, I don't want to have anything. I'm already a masked uh, man. I wish I could comfort you. Hands off is my approach <laughs> to most things. Yeah, I'm an emotionally distant guy. He got that arm, isn't that the whole deal with whatever the fuck his name is, Gordon, that he was nice to him? Yeah. Yeah, that screwed the pooch. Could have passed that on. He could have brought Seal Boy on as his, as his Robin. Well, you know, how good is he going to be out of water? <laughs> Not great. Is the Seal Boy good in water? I know he swims I think he bit. was, right? Like he was like doing some fun twirly things. Then, okay, well, he could have. Well, then that's a great marketable skill. Why wouldn't he want to perform forever? Well, I mean, Guys, why don't we just described why? To... <laughs> yeah, why don't they want to be our prank monkeys? <laughs> so, I'm such a monster. I hate. I that mean, he literally boy. sounded like Mr. He's... Burns. <laughs> he scares me because he's different. Why wouldn't he want to? You're supposed to sympathize with him. <laughs> he made me so sad as a kid. And I was just like, huh. <laughs> yuck! Oh, <laughs> disgusting. I mean, also wait. Didn't Killer Croc want to shoot Batman with a shotgun while he was in a cage? Probably. What did he say? Like, it's your last ride or your last fall or something like that? Something and I was like, like, I was like, I don't get that. Does Batman fall a lot? I don't know. I'm working it out. I'm a wrestler, not a comedian. <laughs> you're going to punch up my jokes? Or I'm going <laughs> to punch, punch you in the me? face. There yeah. we go. Ah. And they say the water's dangerous. <laughs> and then everyone laughs. Everybody like, oh, Croc. Sit commenting. Iris out. We're done. <laughs> And they say the city's dangerous. Batman, the woods are dangerous. Of course they're dangerous. What are you doing? Right on the road. The guy died. Like, yes, it's dangerous. He was sidling along the wall. When I watched that, all I, like when he was like going along the cliff, I was like, oh, this is a Zelda video game. Oh, just the like inching along. Yeah, inching like... along a wall. <sighs> That's Zelda the Wind Waker in my mind. Cool. Yeah. I, I was saying Lord of the Rings. Oh, well, very, along. oh, even cooler. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> So much hope in that question. You is it? Really? Oh, good. No, you fucking idiot. You fucking nerd. (sighs) You're on a Batman podcast. We're doing great. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about in the Batman zone? I love, I love Batman. Have you been watching the new movies? What what do you mean the new? Oh, you mean like like the direct video? I've seen some of them. They're good. Yeah, they're fun. They're really good. 
I wish I honestly wish this continued as a thing. Well, did and did you watch Batman Beyond? Yeah. It's I love ve- Batman it's Beyond. Very, that's very 90s slash early 2000s. Shway. <laughs> Shway is my favorite thing that you hate. You know, like, what a terrible word, but then by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, of course. I get it. Okay. Uh, creds. Oh, what's the dude who, the dude who plays new Batman is uh, the older brother in um, Boy Meets World, uh-huh. right? Was it Boy, yeah, it was Boy Meets World. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's great, too. He's the best. He I mean, kills op- it. The opening credits are just, like, weird black and red and, like, people, like, undulating and, like, a dark There's, they're dancing, like, they're at a rave. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, this is this is bonkers. I didn't like it when it first came on because I was like so mired into this yeah. this show. And then I was like, oh wait, this is actually cool. Cool as hell. This is great. And all the henchmen are every henchman in both of these shows are just trying their best. Oh. And I always yeah. feel so bad for They're getting that. dressed up. Yeah, they're wearing their uniform. Mm-hmm. There's in one of the first episodes in the new Batman ones, the guy, the evil villain who's like slowly turning radioactive, like fell out of a plane like into, yeah, like into water or something. And he gets up and one henchman is like, hey, boss, like I brought you a blanket. And he's like, get away from me. And they just hold on the henchman holding the blanket like oh, oh. for like a second. I mean, and then I they was just here. cut away. This is what I was hired for. <laughs> like Mr. Powers. <laughs> Why doesn't he? I love the episodes. Uh, I love the ones that they like went back and like retold or like used the history of the show, the original Batman, like the Mister Freeze one. The Rachel Ghoul one is the damn creepiest. Some canonical shit. That's your jam. I love that canonical shit. (laughs) Yo, this is so dank and canonical. (laughs) It's crazy. Give me some serious continuity, and I'll be high for days. They. Oh, I hate that. No, I like it. I'm back on board. Okay, great. That was fast. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. What have we learned from this episode sideshow? That that kid is going to be fucked up forever. Kid's going to be fucked. Seal boy's fucked. Yeah. You cannot change your fundamental human nature, so why even bother? Okay, great. Very positive. The forest is fucking dangerous. The forest is fucking dangerous. Oh, forest. (laughs) I said the forest. I was like, are we getting into Star Wars for some (laughs) reason? Hey, guys, can we take a quick jot down? (laughs) Never try to grab onto a rock. It'll always let you down. He doesn't even fall. That's not even when he falls. It's like a rock just like slips. And he's like, whoa. And he slips a little bit and he's like, ooh, heebie-jeebies. Like, well, that's why he had, he had time to say his joke. I guess. That's really... It felt like he had thought of that when he had fallen off the cliff and was falling and was like, oh, they say the city is dangerous. I'm going to save this couldn't... for when I'm on the cliff sidling. Yeah. And then like a rock <laughs> fell and he was like, ooh, time for my joke. And then he said it and was like, eh. Didn't really play well to all these birds and elk. Well, great. That's it. Cool. Thank you. Hi, it's me, Sneaky Old Egg, and I've got you right where I sneaky old want you, listening to a very long list of hilarious egg puns. No, 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 no. It's, it's time for the commercial break. Oh, dang it. Well, that's how the eggy crumbles, I guess. Fast and gooey. Enjoy the egg commercial. <laughs> Hey there, career criminals and creepy kids who hurt animals. Are you tired of expensive weapons and messy post-murder cleanups? Well, maybe it's time you tried the Croc Rock. It's easy as one, two, throw a rock at them. Back in 1994, our founder Waylon Jones was tired of conventional weapons. Guns are loud and difficult to legally obtain. Knives are stabby and require being within close quarters. Rocks, aka Mother Nature's killing machines, are plentiful and everywhere. That's two words describing the same thing. Wayland saw potential. 
why not sell a product he could get for free anywhere he wanted? And so the Croc Rock was born. But what if I'm not a tough-skinned crocodile with super strength? How will I lift such a big rock to throw on a man's head? Oh, simple! Find a Croc Rock that suits your size. Since these are literally just rocks that we are repackaging and selling as a product, you can find any size imaginable. Big rock, small rock, pebble, medium-sized rock, another pebble, a rock the size of a bowling ball, yet another pebble, sand. As you can tell, there's no shortage of rocks here at Croc Rock. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to www.crocrock.sock slash chip off the old block and order yours today. Enter promo code Croc Rock and Roll and we'll throw it straight to your door at no extra charge. That's right, we don't chip these rocks, we throw them from wherever we are. So it might not make it. Croc Rock, it's a rock thrown by a croc. And now you. Look, Ma, I threw a rock at him. Well, that was fun. Now it's time to move on to conversation numero dos. Don't know why I said that, but here we are, a.k.a. Today's guest. Whit Hertford. Whit is an old UCB buddy of mine, not to mention the voice of Billy the Seal Boy in this episode of BTAS. As an actor, he also appears in the original Jurassic Park, as well as Tiny Toons, Chowder, Clone Wars, How I Met Your Mother, and was Duckface in Full House for all you Full House heads. These days, he's also a writer and director, and actually, since we recorded this interview, his latest film, Wildlife, which he talks about on the podcast, was accepted into Khan. A huge congrats to Wit, from me to you on a podcast. Uh, FYI, this is also the podcast's very first international interview. Uh, we did this one via Skype, so if the sound is a little off or delayed, that's why. And if it's not, then forget I told you that. Uh, enough talk. More talk. Now. So we are recording. How are you doing? Wish. Hi, Justin. Yeah, we made this finally happen. It's amazing, right? I know. We've been working on it for a while. Uh, for the <laughs> listeners, they don't know. You're in England. I'm in the United States. We are heroes of international podcasting. We've taken technology by the scruff and uh, thrown it to the floor, and we own it now. Technology is our bitch. Was, I'm sorry. Was that a little bit sexist? It was a really rough way to start this thing off. No, right? I think it was more of a dog analogy. <laughs> well, I said say, I said scruff and bitch. So yeah, yeah exactly. dog, dog was firmly in there. So we actually met through UCB. Uh, we did a show, I think, Sketch Cram together, which is you do a 24-hour sketch show. And this was like four years ago, maybe. Was that the first? That was the first time? I think so. I was trying to remember, and that was like my first specific memory of like getting to work with you on something. Was that the was that the time with Middle Ditch, or uh, or was that a different time? I don't remember if Middle Ditch was there. I know Matt Jones was running things. Oh, Jones! Yeah, Jones was totally there, man. Um, I th- that's literally one of my favorite impressions, and most people don't get it unless they've watched enough Breaking Bad. They're like, oh, raspy voice, badger, only character with a raspy voice. <laughs> right, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. I, it is becoming so faint, sadly, my time at UCB. But it was long. I was there for seven, eight years. I was there, like, I, I think you and I started about the same time, about maybe six months or a year after the doors opened, 2005, 2006, yeah? Yeah, I, was, I started going to shows around then, but I didn't really get involved until, like, 2008 I would say right okay yeah no I I my first classes were with Seth and Owen Seth Morris and Owen Burke and uh which is crazy 
because I remember after the first year, they were like, I'm too old to teach this. So then immediately our peers started teaching the classes. I, you know, as much as I love uh, UCB Jones, Matt Jones, bringing him up again, and other people, uh, somebody like a Josh Fadum, somebody like my friend Johnny Pemberton, uh, were not as good of improvisers. <laughs> we, we were the sketch people. And so uh, I auditioned for uh, the Herald teams, Justin, la- three times? Yeah. Oh, yeah now, it took and- me five times to get on a Herald team. See, I didn't have that stamina. I, I At that point, rejection had become such a thing where like some people go like, oh, no, rejection is just, it's just part of it. But when, since, you know, when you're like me and you've been doing this since you were a fetus, since uh, the 1600s, that uh, rejection... You're an immortal, by the way, is what the listeners don't know. Yeah, I'm a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, let's dive into it, right? Um, Batman the Animated <laughs> Series. <laughs> That's what this is all about. This is about this, is about this show. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> right, right. Specifically speaking... So you were in an episode that I love, um, and I actually had no idea you were in the show. I knew you had been in, you know, a ton of other things, but I was like, this is the show that I grew up on. So I thought it was really cool when I found out that you were in this episode, too. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I rewatched it a couple times, and uh, I mean, your performance holds up. It's great. <laughs> think. I I can't say that I I think I've seen a clip. I think I've seen a really quick clip. It's it's tough to see if you don't own like I, I imagine you you maybe have a good library, uh, but it, it it's not too YouTubeable. Yeah. No, I think Warner's is pretty good about clamping down on those illegal uploads. Yeah. We don't want Thank the you, world Warners. to see Thank this you. unless they spend money on it. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but. Your episode was sideshow, and I just wanted to give a little context. Um, what were you What were you doing at the time? In my life, yeah. How old Let's were you? see. I don't know. Well, you help me. I have my I have my laptop here, so that I, I that it's not on on you. What What year did we do this? We did this ninety uh, four. Ninety four. Okay, when oh. it aired. Right. So probably ninety three, ninety four. Uh, because back then people were, were actually hand drawing still, I think. And there wasn't too much like throw it into the digital world and let it, uh, like, let, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that yeah, crazy? Then get to Korea at the time. I know that. I mean, and to think, I, and I remember when I was doing a lot of it. So I, I was, I was doing a lot of animated shows at that time, animation and tiny tunes, uh, a lot of Hanna Barbera when that still existed. I think I did like five or six Hanna Barbera shows. Maybe three pilots that didn't really go anywhere. There was one show that I did. Excuse me for Hanna Barbera. It was called Two Stupid Dogs with uh, Brad Garrett before Brad Garrett became Brad Garrett, and it was him and me, and we played the two dogs. Wait, you were is- one of the two stupid dogs? Uh, no, no, so, so, sorry, sorry. It was about the two stupid dogs, and I played the bully who has the flat top. <laughs> um, I, who played the other dog? I, I'm sure. watching two stupid dogs. Good show, right? Yeah, no, I'm the, I'm the bully with the, with the blonde, f- uh, flat top. He's a, I think he's in, you know, 10, 11 episodes of the thing. But, uh, yeah, that's, I was kind of doing more of that and just before... See, I did this weird thing where that when I reached kind of 
let's see, I started in 82, Justin. That's when like I got my SAG card. <clears throat> if if folklore serves me well. What and was then your first project. <laughs> uh, my first uh uh Screen Actors Guild sanctioned gig was at four years old and it was a Care Bear shoe commercial that they sold at uh what what were a big national shoe chain of stores called Buster Brown Shoes. And uh and that was my my first commercial as a professional actor. That was your end. That was my, my fucking end. And um, yeah, so I did this weird thing that f- probably for the next, what then would be almost 15 years, uh, you work steadily. And I had, I had, a, I had a, you know, a strange childhood, but not a bad one. Um, a lot of kids that did what I did uh, and got emancipated by the age of like 14 or something, or they went to a private school and they were very much living in Los Angeles and they were Hollywood kids. Mm-hmm. We lived in Agora Hills when it was still like tumbleweeds and kind of out in the, the middle of nowhere. I went to and summer we went camp to... out there. Did you really? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Valley, uh, San Fernando Valley. So I had a lot of family who was kind of in like Agora or like that end of things. What city? I grew up in North Hollywood. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, you know, cheers to my mom for keeping us kind of grounded. Let us go to public schools. Let us do, you know, normal normal things, have normal friends. Uh, but what happened then was I was so sort of like, this is my hobby. I, I mean, I was always, I took it pretty seriously for, for a kid. But I was never like it was not my thing to become famous. It was not my thing to I didn't have the words pilot or project ingrained in my brain as some of my cohorts did. I I, I tell people this. This is either a really fun story or an incredibly sad story, depending (laughs) on the tone that you take it. The kids from the ages of eight to about 14 that I auditioned with routinely because you, you start to see all the same, uh, people and, you know, you know, I'm sure you go through that now. Uh, yeah. You know, there are those types and you see those twisted bizarro versions of you just waiting in a waiting room. Right. You're like, Oh, you're, you're just a little bit taller, dark haired guy with glasses. Got it. Okay. Um, and so I was with a group that included, uh, pre growing pains, DiCaprio, uh, Mr. Toby Maguire, Giovanni Ribisi, oh, man. Seth Green, and Elijah Wood, and then me. <laughs> and I'm not even I'm not even leaving anyone out. That's the funny part is that I'm the only one that is clearly not like a household name, and I kind of love that. But the reason is is that Hollywood has this kind of not taking anything away from any of those guys. But Hollywood has this weird, and I read an article on Facebook from some stand-up comedian that was talking, kind of championing L.A. out of the stigmas. And <clears throat> if you kind of bide your time long enough there, uh, things will happen. <laughs> so, like when people say like, oh man, there's no recipe for success. I kind of think there, there is a bit in Los Angeles. There's, there's a couple sort of like quick fixes, and one of them is just never leaving. Um, and so, Welcome to my life. 
<laughs> no, this is not me being trying to be like passive aggressive. No, if I stick here another 28 years, <laughs> maybe one time I'll book a guest spot on a sitcom. Hey, man, there you go. That's a good goal. I like that. Good, good trajectory. Um, so anyway, they, they, they all kind of stuck around. And, and when I reached, well, I don't want to say my peak. I really hope it's not my peak. But, you know, I hope I don't refer to it that way when I'm 60. But I guess my most notable time was when I was like 14 with Jurassic Park and crap like that. And straight after that, I told my mom, I said, um, hey, look, I think I did like a a movie or two or a couple little um, things afterward. But I I told my mom, I want to play basketball. I want to go to high school. I want to see if I can coerce any girl to kiss me. Um, and I don't really want to audition all that much anymore. And I, and I made a conscious effort deliberately. And, you know, my mom's really cool. She was not this stage mother. She wasn't like dependent on my, <laughs> uh, my income for her life. And so I did, I kind of, I stopped. And then that's where I started to take a bunch of left turns. But when I did Batman was kind of, pretty much within the window of that, the heat. Yeah, it seems Uh, like the tail end of you going out a bunch, it sounds like. So you were cast on Tiny Toons before Batman, which is a a show cast by Andrea Romano, who's this legendary VO. Yeah, I saw that you had her on here before. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, I wanted to know, did you you remember your experience with her? Absolutely. I mean, she is. She's a legend. And um, I think if I was to see her now and I haven't seen her for for 15 years or so, um, it would be very, very uh, warm. And she's very loving and she's she's rare. And that's why she's an icon and has been able to have this gigantic career and influenced and worked with everyone imaginable. Um, I did many shows with her and the Tiny Toons stuff. I did Tiny Toons as like two or three guest roles, kind of one and done. And then I did the very short-lived Elmira pilot where they had the, the Elmira character had her own show and they tried to do that. And I played Elmira's little brother who thought he was a superhero. <laughs> so his name was Duncan. And she did that. And um, probably the the greatest memory of of that was that the session I did, um, as is probably talked about many, many times, the voiceover world, you don't always work with um, everybody in the same room. Right. It used to happen more back in the day, and now it's just people can kind of be hot shots and they don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back in the day, it was much more Record sort of, me from my personal toilet. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure at some I'm sure most people have legitimate scheduling problems, but a lot of the times I think people milk it and they just go like, "Oh, I've reached a certain level of whatever, whatever. I'm on the new Beverly Hills 90210 reboot, so I can do my voiceover from home or whatever." Um, and we were all in the same room and during the uh the Elmira, I think it was Elmira, it might have been Tiny Tunes. Uh Phil Hartman was in the session and so I got to do my stuff with Phil Hartman and Oh man, what was that like? Uh, he's, he was a machine. He was really, really, really fast and, um, so funny. And everybody was really glued. I mean, he, he didn't command like this, this godlike presence, but there was a respect that was like, Oh, this guy, this guy's a machine. So were you a fan of the Simpsons at the time? 
Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. Yeah, my I, I totally watched Simpsons um, from the get go. My dad got me a. Uh, uh, I had a T-shirt. I had a Eat My Shorts T-shirt. So, were you into animation in general? Like, were you watching the cartoons that you were a part of? Absolutely. Yeah, and we would we would tape them, and um, and I loved it. I remember I did. What did I do? There was some show I did that was in. Uh, the, the production company also did. Do you remember these toys in the series called Mask? Not the Rocky Dennis movie with Cher, but the one with like the Isn't car that an acronym. Yeah, M A S K. It was sort of like a GI Joe ish. Yes, I loved that show. And there was kind of a, a little boy character in his sort of R two D two. I can't. Or no, he was a ghost. Remember, he he had like a, he was like a weird. Uh, Hamburglar ghost type character. I can't remember his name. Damn it! But yeah, I, I went to the production office and told them I was a big fan. You know, with my my parent, I was really young, my mom or something, and and they gave me a, a cell. You know, they gave me like a, a signed cell, and I think I had a lot of signed cells from stuff that I would do. I would always kind of ask if I could do that. I do have a, a C a seal boy cell somewhere. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, those are worth a hundred thousand dollars now. So, so. <laughs> uh, it's just bent. It's bent somewhere in a box. And you purposely bent it. It wasn't. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Uh, so when you got cast on Batman, what was the process? Do you remember? Um, you know what I I was because I knew you were going to ask questions like this, and so I, I'm trying to uh, recall. I believe that. I did not audition for it. And I believe it was one of those cool things that when you are kind of on a hot streak, uh, <laughs> as funny as that is to say for like, uh, what, uh, 11, 12, 13 year old, um, that you, people just kind of like cast you. And so I th- I'm pretty sure this was one of those times where I just got the gig because they needed a little boy voice and I was doing, you know, enough animated shows that I was kind of, Maybe the go-to for it. I did a uh, animated show with Jason Marsden and Tim Curry that was short-lived called Peter Pan and the Pirates, but we mm-hmm. did about sixty-five episodes of that. And oh, so you were a vet at that point. If if there is such a thing for a kid, yeah. I mean, I I was doing it a lot, um, and I think that was partly because my on-camera stuff was so hit and miss. Because I went from having big blue eyes um, to having. Uh, uh, Kind of like there were, you know, my 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 father passed away, and I started to do this weird uh, eat eat your emotions, and so I started to get these like sort of premature man boobs, and I think that my on camera look started to um, make me more suited for for voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's kind of the you evolution. just casting agented yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. But no, I mean, I can, I can see it. I, under, I understand. I understand. So what was your experience? Do you remember, if you can, like to walk me through your first day or the only day working on Batman? Like I know they usually do a table read um, and they do get everybody in the room. Was everybody there? No, this was, this was, this is why I say, I think I got this gig uh, um, kind of, kind of knee jerk. And then I believe... I really, I really believe that this was one where I did all of my lines at the same time, at, at one time by myself in the booth. Oh, interesting. Um, <clears throat> I do remember watching, I think they had some animatic of it that I could watch. 
And so I was kind of being plugged in. Who knows? Maybe I replaced somebody. That it, That's very likely, too. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it would be pretty tough to get... I mean, that, that role needed somebody who could actually deliver. <laughs> right, I think right. it's hard with some, you know... I think Brad Garrett was there. I think he was playing. I think he was playing one of the other roles. He was a big guy named Goliath. Yeah, he was a big friendly giant. And then Killer Croc was there. Who who played that guy? Aaron Kincaid. He's got an amazing voice. Right. He was there. He was definitely there. Okay. So it wasn't. It wasn't just me. So I think we we had. It was like three of us. Man. So uh, do you remember what it was like to watch them work or work with them? I mean, I love voiceover stuff, uh, and you'll you'll never hear anybody. I really i I don't think you ever hear anybody that's actually done it and not a complete dumbass that doesn't think that voiceover is kind of the the best of all the mediums <laughs> as far as film and television goes because it's very creative. It's uh, it caters to sort of these character actors that. Um, don't have matinee idol looks, <laughs> a lot of them. And so then they, they get to really sort of act. And, and the theater training for a lot of these actors comes into play. You'll hear Andrea, I think, was talking about that in your episode, that, <clears throat> that um, that's a common thread between a lot of voice actors is that they have uh, theater training because they know how to put the right amount of um what's the word i'm looking like the the right ratio of of temperance and emotion and um not everybody can do that that's not a thing that you can just you can just learn to do and then there's some people that kind of, and and matt's one of those people he'll tell you that jones uh from breaking bad and and a lot of animated stuff now too He'll tell you that they don't ask him to do anything else but the Matt voice. And so there's a lot of people that have made huge, huge careers doing one voice. Right. <laughs> You're either um, incredibly versatile or very specific. Right. So when I did it, um, I didn't, you know, I was a kid. <clears throat> so I just, you know, I just did the kid voice most of the time. Um, you can still knock which, that out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't tried to do that. That's embarrassing. But, um, and 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 I just did that, and, and then I went away. I kind of did what people in Los Angeles call uh, career suicide. I went away, and I moved completely out of Los Angeles for about six years um, during my my late teens and early twenties, mid twenties, uh, and got my degree and studied theater. And that then brought me back to L.A. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing that, but it brought me back to L.A. And I started kind of uh, cresting the, <laughs> the uh, Mount Kilimanjaro of Los Angeles again and found myself doing voiceover once again. But I had to, I had to start from scratch. I mean, I knew people, but a lot of those people were like, well, that's great, but I knew your voice when it sounded like you were 10. You don't have that voice anymore. You can kind of do it, but I don't know. And so I remember um, I was at lunch with my friend Jason Marsden, who's one of my favorite, favorite people in the world and a giant voiceover actor. And he said, you know, okay, so you're getting started and who's your voiceover people? And I said, well, they've, all my agents have like died, literally. Like they're, they, they've, they're old and they died. 
And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to talk to some people. And he talked to uh, the people over at, at CSD. And they said, yeah, have them come in, have them bring in a reel. And I thought, well, here's my chance to not peg myself into a hole. And so when I went into audition here 10 years ago, maybe, yeah, 10, 11 years ago when I went moved back to LA, that I, I gave them a reel that had crazy, crazy voices, 50-year-old black women. I mean, things that I was not nailing, but I was at least trying. <laughs> and the good thing about that was then they let me audition and they would submit me for a wide range of stuff, um, which always kept me sort of like challenged. And that was, that was really, really, really nice. But when I did Batman, I was just, I was just a kid and my eyes were wide open and it's Batman, you know, of course, of course. Uh, and what I loved about it was that I did love the freak show element of this episode that is, you know, kind of reminiscent of Todd Browning's freaks, kind of all that, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of a bold, cool thing. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a comic book guy. I will, I will admit that I, there's two things that I am very not much, not the prototypical American male. I don't know video games outside of spending a lot of time with NBA jam and excite bike in the eighties or early nineties. And then I stopped and I also don't know comic books very well at all. And so I didn't know the storyline of Killer Croc. Um, so I don't know how true to the comic the, the storyline is in the, in the series. Do you? I, I mean, in this episode, uh, it's actually an adaptation of a story that didn't involve Killer Croc. So it was a, a death row inmate originally who had this part in the comic. And I think they adapted it to Killer Croc in the cartoon. But I've, I, I've never read it myself. Um, Got it. I was more of a cartoon kid. Like, this was my end to superhero stuff. For this episode, like, how did you prepare when you were that young? Was it the same? Uh, were you just, you, you were a legitimate actor, so you prepared like an actor would? Or as a kid, was it a different process? Uh, you know, because I, when I was a kid, I can't, even though I took it seriously, like I said, um, and I had been doing it forever and ever, and my parents were theater people and it was kind of, it's been, it's been in my blood and my DNA. I, I, I don't think I, I knew what I was doing really. And all I knew to do was to listen, to be professional and how to make li lines sound <laughs> like they're actually coming from my mouth. That's kind of the main thing a kid actor should know how to do. And, um, and so I think with this show, if I remember, it was one of those things where I got really good being kind of a sight reader um, or, or reading cold from a script. And uh, I just remember that it was uh, kind of autopilot and there wasn't a ton of time. I wasn't in there for the whole day or two days. It was probably a few hours. Um, but I was really excited because it was Batman and, you know. Yeah. You broke my heart in this episode. It is oh. such a sad, <laughs> sad moment when he's he really hopes that Killer Croc is going to be a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you. Um, Christopher Nolan has, he sent me an email. and No, I'm just kidding. I know that's not true. Uh, I'm rebooting the franchise. And I <laughs> <laughs> wanted to bring Seal Boy. Seal Boy into it. <laughs> right, exactly. His name is Billy. 
Uh, I guess he's credited <laughs> as Billy, but I think of him as Seal Boy, right? Like, I think so. I think that's fair. And I, I, I wish if he ever had superpowers, what would a Seal's superpowers be? Like intense grip? Is that what it would be? I guess. Uh, l- l- to be lubricated? Clapping in a funny <laughs> way? <laughs> right, 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 exactly. And he can, like, some somehow he's able to, uh, it's like some sort of seance with the clapping, and he's able to kind of bring superpower. I, I see, like, a green light coming from his fins. He's summoning his power Sum- <laughs> from the seal dimension. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, I think that that about wraps it up. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? What are you working on now? I had this small film production company the last five years I was in L.A. called Sneak Attack. It was me and another guy, um, very much like a labor of love, pretty much at the beginning of all this sort of SLR camera revolution and Vimeo and um, the the movies we've made, I'm very proud of. I, I like them a lot. I learned a lot, and I made great friends through that chapter of, of Upright Citizens began in making those films, but I came to the conclusion that I needed to make a se- severe left turn. And so I wrote this movie called Wildlife, which is all about um, um, rural Utah. And I wanted to kind of show this this Cohen brother, Sam Shepard, version of rural Utah that was the two sides of the tracks where religion meets rebellion and where, you know, there's certain towns in Utah, which I was familiar with. That's where I went to my undergrad college experience where I got my, my degree uh, in theater acting was in Salt Lake city. And I learned a lot about how there's these small little towns in Utah that have giant uh, drug problems is uh, specifically meth. And uh, one of them's called Springville. And my, my wife, I met her a year ago, and she started to tell me as I was writing this, this screenplay about her high school and all the ghosts of this town and how 30 kids from her high school graduating class have either committed suicide or uh, overdosed. And I, it just it got really, really interesting. And I also had become kind of uh, had this working relationship with John Heater, uh, Mr. Napoleon Dynamite. And I felt like that guy hadn't gotten the role that could eclipse Napoleon. And and I think he thought that that was almost impossible for him <laughs> to do. And I think he, he probably still thinks that's impossible because it is such a classic performance. But I, I wrote this role for him where he plays the town cop and so I, I wrote this thing in Utah, in the mountains, kind of like sequestered myself. And um, we shot it last year. We shot a short f- like prequel kind of Hotel Chevalier opening chapter of it. Um, and we've been kind of moving that about. And in the meantime, I couldn't really stay pat and just um, hang out in Utah. And I didn't really feel the desire to go back to L.A. So I applied for graduate school. Uh, as a director, because I felt that for m- for my money, and and uh, hopefully I can explain this in a way that doesn't sound um, the wrong way, but you know I didn't really like the landscape of Los Angeles, and I wasn't really finding myself all so inspired. I felt like there was um, 
there were too many things that were not about creation for me. And I, there were too many yeses that I needed to get in order to make art. And I, my sister's a painter, and I thought, you know, she doesn't have to get really any yeses. She, if she wants to paint, she just paints. And, and she, can, she can sell stuff, and she can thrive that way. And I, I was really envious of that. And so I thought, what's the best way that I can take the few things that I'm good at in this life, because I'm marginal at a zillion things. Uh, and I applied for, for graduate school to direct theater because I wanted to um, start writing plays again. I was writing screenplays for 10 years, and I wanted to kind of switch into playwriting. And I just felt that the stage was going to offer kind of this reinvigoration. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it sounds like things are going awesome. Uh, thank you so much for talking about Batman with me. <laughs> you bet. Thanks so much, Justin. Okay, well, there you have it. Another Batman the Animated Podcast bites the dust. Does that mean it's finally time for me to interject with some more exceptional egg puns? Egg, K, egg, stand up? No, it's the end of the show. I mean, this is the time where all the people who stop by to bother me tend to find their way out. Not me. I'm here for Edgar. I'm going to be doing stand up Monday through Friday here in the closet right outside of my sock. From 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., I'm hoping to become the new Eggie CK. I'm going to get my comedy right and tight. Well, that can't be good. If you liked what you heard, rate and subscribe to Batman the Animated Podcast in iTunes. Follow the show on Twitter at BTAS Podcast for updates or follow me at HeyJustin. Also, if you have some bucks to spare, please donate to the show at BTASPodcast.com on the About page. The show costs money, and I'm the only employee, so it helps a lot. Batman the Animated Podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Justin Michael. Tom Smith created the show logo, Casey Trela helped produce the theme song, and Harry Chaskin is the voice of the podcast. Thanks to my guests Shelby Farrow and Whit Hertford and Marissa Strickland for playing Stinky Old Egg and coming up with wonderfully terrible egg puns for me because she is a trooper. Uh, last but certainly not least, thanks to This American Life producer, Tori Malatia, who did his very first open mic and honestly kicked it off by saying, And they say the city's dangerous. Nice one. Can't wait to see your comedy career blossom. And I can't wait to see you guys in two whole weeks for another Batman the Animated Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>